Jesus, amen. Just after my younger brother died, I woke up one day and found myself wandering around in a grocery store. I know the Easter story, of course. I know the gifts. I know the resurrection. I know Christ. I know. But at the point of death, it is very hard for us to believe in the resurrection in real time. We sing it, of course. Jesus Christ is risen today. And we don't mean it today 2,000 years ago. We mean today. What we mean is that we today are actually in the garden, at the tomb, seeing the linens and hearing the voice of Jesus. We mean that we here today actually participate in, actually engage the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We mean that Jesus' reality is our reality. This is what we mean. Jesus Christ is risen, and because he is risen, you are risen, and I am risen. That is what we mean. But I know from my own experience in the grocery store, and you probably know from your own experiences with the deaths of those whom you love deeply, that it is very easy to say Jesus Christ is risen today, and it is very hard to live it out. It is hard to live it out because death is so painful. It is also hard to live out the resurrection in real time because we have not seen it with our own eyes. Scripture is full of resurrections, both Old Testament and New. The Shunammite son, the daughter of Jairus, Lazarus, Tabitha, Eutychus, and Jesus himself. But none of us have seen those resurrections lately around Wheaton. For all the television preachers who have been taking your money, there is not one who is willing to go beyond a gimply, gimpy leg to the resurrection. Because they cannot raise the dead, resurrection gets stuck in the past as something that happened to somebody else way back when. When that happens, resurrection loses its grip on us. Here is the point. Easter is not just a door to the past. Easter is a door to the present, to the right now, to Jesus Christ risen today. It is dying Christians who often understand this best. You might remember when the evil stuff finally got the best of Cardinal Bernadine. And he called a news conference to say that he was giving up his treatment. There were all those curious people there watching, wondering what he would say and what he would do. And very calmly he looked out at the crowd and he said, what you all have to realize is that for a Christian, death is a friend. Death is a door. Death is a transition to the next good thing that Christ would do for his people. And that, you see, gets it exactly right. That man knew that his past and his present and his future were seamless. So it didn't bother him much to die. It was more like changing neighborhoods. 
That is a resurrection in real time, present tense. It is a resurrection where the last word is comfort and consolation right now. This morning, most of you are not dying. That's the good news. The bad news, of course, is that not dying makes it difficult for you to pay attention. It is often the dying who are so well focused on what is important. So what would it take for the resurrection to mean something to you in the present tense? Now, today, in real time. What would it take for you to see every part of your life resurrected? Habeas corpus, I suppose, you must produce the body. Fortunately, that is what the church does best. The story of Scripture is one long story of God himself producing the body. You remember how it all went wrong in Eden. And the very thing the Lord does first is to produce a body, to promise a son, Jesus Christ, who will arrive in flesh and blood at Christmas. Until that Christmas comes, that first time, the Lord is very busy showing you that he is on the way. It happens in the tabernacle, where there is a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The light is on, and Jesus is in. It happens at the temple in 1 Kings 8 and 9. God puts his name in the place, and Jesus is busy. It happens on the great day of atonement, when the blood of the sacrifice is spilled on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, Jesus is forgiving. It happens on Christmas when that child is born on the arms of Mary and put into a manger for the shepherds to see. Jesus is here. It happened last Friday when the centurion connected the dots Surely this man must be the Son of God. Jesus is for you and not against you. And now today, in your age, in your place, it happens at the altar where Jesus Christ puts his resurrected body and blood into the chalice and onto the paten and there to your tongue. Jesus there today in real time, really present. Produce the body? Gladly. That is what the church does best right now here in real time for your good and for your forgiveness. Of course, even in the church, there are those who have found that through the centuries somewhat unsatisfying. What they demand is to see the resurrected body of Christ not the way it was, in the tabernacle or temple or ark, but to see it exactly as it was in the garden. What they demand is that Jesus Christ resurrected should walk up and down that center aisle. You all ought to be very careful what you demand of Jesus Christ. Jesus once told a parable about a man who made demands. 
when the man went straight to hell and realized that his life had been wasted. He said, if I could only be resurrected, if I could only go back, then I'm sure that my brothers would believe. And to that Jesus said, they have the story. They have the promises. They have the law and the prophets. They have Moses. And if they will not believe what Scripture says, then they will not be convinced even if a man comes back from the dead. You ought to be very careful about what you demand from the Lord. But on the other hand, I also know that we all struggle. Sometimes it is very difficult for us to see resurrection in real time. And that makes sense. If you listen to the Easter story, you heard that resurrection happens while it is still dark. And it's always difficult to see in the dark. Sometimes, even when you've seen it in real time, it's such a shocking notion that you can't take it in. Sometimes people like Peter and John see the empty tomb, and they just walk back home and wander around in the supermarket. Sometimes after a resurrection, people like Mary Magdalene just weep. Sometimes there are people like those two disciples on the road to, to Emmaus who, who are just flummoxed by the whole thing. Sometimes people are scared to death like the disciples tonight in the upper room when Jesus will appear. And sometimes it just takes a while, as it did for the 11. It took them all the way to Pentecost. As you sit there today, whether you are happy or stunned or weeping or wandering or flummoxed, do remember, like Peter and John, Jesus is with you in the darkness even when you don't feel him. Like Mary, Jesus is with you in your weeping even when you don't see him. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, Jesus is with you on your wanderings even when you don't recognize him. Jesus is here today, risen today, to calm the scared and cheer the hopeful and be very patient with the skeptical. And that makes the world a different place. Is the world difficult? Yes, it is. Is it sinful? Absolutely. Is it evil? Yes. Is it deadly? It is. It is always deadly. Death will get every last one of you. And me too. But Easter keeps evil and sin from having the last word. So eventually Peter and John and Mary and the Emmaus twins and the eleven and you and I, we all end up together 50 days from now at Pentecost. We all end up together baptized and as church. And so we live. You can leave today without being Pollyannish or in denial. You can leave today. You can actually go out of this place. You can go out there. And you can actually live in an evil, deadly world with hope. And you can do that because you today have seen resurrection in real time. You have seen Jesus Christ 
put his body and blood on the altar for the forgiveness of your sins. When you leave today, you will bear the resurrected body and blood of Christ in your bodies. You are indestructible. Your past is forgiven. Your future is certain. And even now, you are resurrected. Have fun. Happy Easter. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.